Hi, I'm Rachel Monteleone and welcome to Kittypedia, the podcast. I'm not an expert. However, I do speak with them with the view of providing you with expert information and advice to help you be the best parent that you can be. Together, let's give children the life they deserve and a positive future. Hello and welcome. Well, evolution by definition, biologically, is defined as, get ready for it, change in the gene pool of a population from generation to generation by such process as mutation, natural selection, and genetic drift. Now, the recent changes in climate change awareness really has increased a global shift towards plant-based diets, which have become identified as critical in helping reduce and preventing climate breakdown. Now, did you know in January of this year, 2021, there was a high-profile international uh, scientific journal which had published results from a recent study Uh, And that study showed that vegan diets are continually gaining in popularity, especially among young adults. And through the choices of families who eat vegan diets, of course, are becoming more common in young children too and in households. Now, through this and recent challenges, of course, like COVID, um, really have brought about, I guess, a shift and a lift and change in consciousness and one of the many changes um, included, uh, of, of, like with this also, children included, um, meaning that they are choosing to eat less or no meat and animal products at all. So as we become more sensitive to our environment and, of course, what it means when we eat animals. However, the choices for families bringing children up in vegetarian or vegan uh, sort of households and diets um, really have been rife with criticism, which is really what we're here to discuss today with our special guest and, of course, one of our partners here at Kittypedia. Now, we've got Sarah Smith, dietitian from Bayside Dietetics. Just a little bit about our guest. Sarah works in a private practice in Bayside, Melbourne, after working uh, for an extensive period within a Monash Children's um, Hospital. And she has written a response to, to a recent study that addresses the dangers of vegan diets for infants and children. So we're really excited to be chatting with her on this topic. Welcome back. How are you? Thanks, Rachel, for having me. I'm, I'm well, thank you. And I'm really excited that Kittypedia has picked up on this and really wanting to um, you know, get more information for parents out there. So thanks for having me. Oh, a pleasure as always. Now, we know, of course, that children's bodies may have higher nutritional needs whilst they're growing and most definitely require a balanced diet to ensure healthy growth, growth and development. Now, given this, and as I mentioned earlier, there is an ongoing query about the health benefits of children eating less um, meat or any animal products at all, uh, that being within a vegan diet. So I guess it's understandable and it's common that many people ask the question, is a vegan diet safe for growing children? So just initially, I'd love to know, what are your thoughts such a great question and I love your introduction has picked up on some really key themes with this that it's much more popular these days amongst adults and by nature of that it's it's more prominent within children but it does come with some nutrition risks so we we need to 
um, find out more about where the balance the balance sits. And to be honest, there's not much research for children. We've got a whole lot of information now on potential health benefits for adults. Um, but as you rightly point out, it's it's a critical period for growth in children. So are the nutritional risks? Um, how do they weigh up against those potential health benefits? So it's a it's a really nice question. And the study we're going to talk about is one of the first that really looks at this particular age group. Um, and in this study was between five and ten years of age. Mm. Now, just for the sake of clarity, and before we get into the nitty gritty, by definition, um, I just wanted to establish the difference between a vegetarian diet and a vegan diet. So that is a vegan diet excludes all meat and animal products, that being meat, poultry, fish, seafood, dairy, and eggs, where a a vegetarian diet excludes meat, poultry, fish, and seafood. Um, of course, there's a few variations of vegetarian diet that depend on whether you eat or exclude eggs, dairy, and fish. So there is a very um, fine line, I think, between the two, and there's no really hard and fast rules with this sort of stuff, is there? Or is there? I don't know. No, good good point. I mean, they all have their own little definitions if you get into it, but you're quite right that there's a big spectrum now of different sorts of diets and people pick their own spot within that spectrum. So there are lots of different ways of of doing it for sure. And overall then, like how would you define, I guess, just the pros and cons? Because, I mean, some of the cons, of course, would be, you know, if a diet really isn't well planned out for a child um, and if diets in some instances, not so much for children, of course, but definitely for adults and if, you know, as as we all try to lead by example. Um, so if some diets are quite extreme, um, there's ma- macrobiotic and fruitarian diets and all kinds of things like that. But w- anything else besides overall the cons that you would sort of, um, which we're going to get into a lot of that obviously soon enough, but how would you on a broad spe- spectrum sort of address the, the cons about these diets? I think the big thing that warrants, that brings some risk into it and is worthwhile keeping an eye on is excluding whole food groups. That that um, will, as you talked about sort of with evolution, the human body has evolved to certainly um, have had meat included in the diet. So excluding food groups, it's not necessarily the wrong thing to do. However, it needs to be done quite carefully to be able to make sure the nutrients are replaced. So mm. whether that be a food group excluded through vegetarian or vegan choices or whether it's a food group excluded for a food intolerance or for some other dietary choice right. it's just making sure that any sort of nutrient that are taken out with a food group is replaced in some other way and we do know humans actually go quite well with alternative forms of replacement so things like supplements can actually be quite useful to replace any missing food group mm-hmm. and so of course on the flip side of this we've got the pros and the benefits so now some studies have shown that children following vegan diets are more likely to eat consistent with the recommended dietary guidelines including more fruits and vegetables which of course um, can help reduce the risk of obesity and possible future chronic diseases so um, there is all of you know this as you said too you know there are a lot of replacements for all of those food groups but you know further to this I guess there are many parents feeding their kids which I just wanted to raise this topic um mm. not specifically about veganism but of course there's lots of parents feeding their their their, their children foods with little nutritional value at, at all however it's assumed that just because their diets include meat and dairy so possibly going to be filled with more junk food and processed foods but just because their diets include meat and dairy there is an assumption that they're actually meeting like nutritional needs which isn't always a case so I just wanted mm. to just 
it's a bit of a raw nerve, I, I think, for a lot of people. But look, what are your thoughts on that topic? In your mm. no, it's a re- it's a re- <laughs> it's a Sorry really go good there. question. <laughs> I, listen, I think parents. I meet a whole lot of parents that come in with their children with me and all parents are doing their very best to feed their children. And I think when you give your child enough to eat, you are doing an amazing job. A lot of parents are interested in getting for their child beyond that into the health benefits saying, right, what can I do for my child that might help them with their health? Because we do know a lot of health benefits will carry through into adulthood. And so you beautifully picked up on your question there that things like including fruit and vegetables, including um, unprocessed foods, they're foods that could be part of any sort of diet that will come with some health benefits attached to them. Mm -hmm. Now, what we're here to discuss today, that there has been a strong media reaction to a recent study that looked into the impact of vegan and vegetarian diets in children, which you addressed in a recent article and we published with the title, uh, a response to recent reports about the dangers of vegan uh, for infants and children. So for someone who hasn't read the article yet, can you please tell us what it's about and of course, what inspired you to write it? This this sensational media reports that really I think got a lot of kicks by, clicks by saying the dangers of vegan eating, vegan children are going to be shorter. It was important to come back and actually give some really nice, um, more grounded information behind that. So that's what this this um, article basically does. And the study that we're referring to is a study that they did in in Poland that was published earlier this year where they looked at a a small group of children, mind you, 187 children, and they grouped them into the three different styles of diets, the vegan diet, the vegetarian diet, and what we'd call the omnivore diet, which is where um, you include meat and plant products in there. And they looked at the health benefits and the potential risks attached to each of those diets and they published it in a study. And this is this is the study that the media picked up on and really sensationalised. And that's the study that I reflected on for Kidopedia readers. Awesome. So what are some of those key findings from this study? We'd love to know. Now your article highlights five key points. Would you be able to go through them with us now? Definitely. So the differences actually stood out for the vegan group of children. So I, the study, um, the people, the scientists that ran the study were expecting the differences to come through for vegetarian and vegan. But in actual fact, the differences really just shone through with the vegan group and the vegetarian group were actually grouped with the omnivore diets. Mm-hmm. And so these differences, as I talked to the key findings, they actually were different only for the ve- kids on the vegan diet. The first thing they found was that these children had what they refer to as lower cardiovascular risk, which means um, that basically refers to risk of heart disease. And this in the study was wow. picked up through through a blood test that looked at the, the markers of cholesterol and a couple of different things like that in the blood to pick up on, on risk there. And it was improved in the vegan group, but it wasn't improved in the vegetarian or omnivore diet group. The second thing that they found was that in these same blood tests, the vegan children were actually at risk of having some low nutrients in there. So at risk of having low vitamin D, B12 and iron in the blood. Interestingly enough, a couple of those actually did carry through the vegetarian children who also had lower levels of B12 and vitamin D. The third thing that came out of this study was that the vegan children had lower bone mineral density, which basically means their bones were a little bit weaker. And this was quite significant. It was a significant difference to the vegetarian and and children in the omnivore diet. 
But not only were their bones weaker, they were also found to be shorter. And the difference in height was actually a bit above three centimetres. Interestingly, the vegetarian children were also a little shorter, but they didn't come through as a big enough difference. They thought that that difference might be just due to chance, but the vegan group was such a difference in, in the height that was considered to be a really um, a, a significant significant marker. And the final thing that was noticed in the vegan children was that it had a lower percentage of body fat. Overall. So, so, so just, I guess, summarising what I'm hearing you saying, and tell me if I've heard correctly the children raised on a vegan diet the study showed may have healthier hearts and less body fat than omnivores which is as you stated people who um eat both um, a balanced diet with both meat and vegetables but the children grow up shorter with weaker bones um and which is a direct quote from that recent study on the European study, um, and the people who followed a plant-based diet, a vegan diet, were on average three centimetres shorter than those who ate meat. I ate meat when I was younger, but I'm still a bit shorter, so I'm not sure what happened there. Maybe it's just <laughs> southern Italian genes that I've got from um, Sicily. But anyway, <laughs> we put it to that part of the family. Uh, well, yeah, anyway, um you know, from Calabria and Sicily, so one of them. But anyway, now the study found <laughs> vegan children had 4 to 6% less bone mineral content and were overall three times more likely to be deficient in vitamin B12 than the omnivores. So is that what you're saying, mm-hmm. the overall? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, yes. Um, so there's a couple other things that you mentioned, which I just wanted to touch on too, because I drink soy milk um, and you mentioned in the, uh, the first point of your article also that breast milk, Breast milk um, should be the sole food for the first four to six months of the infant's life. And there are, um, I guess, soy-based alternatives uh, with infant formula as well. Now, my understanding is that soy is actually quite high in calcium. So, but you were, there was a, a relation with the bone density as well. So is there a direct mm. correlation there or look, what, what are your thoughts with that? Mm. So soy uh, soy products in Australia, soy uh, what they refer to as soy milk or soy infant formulas, won't naturally have calcium in there, but they are um, almost all brands in Australia will actually add calcium to these products. And there's also naturally high levels of protein in them. So you do tend to find that the soy replacements are actually nutritionally look pretty good when you compare it to dairy products. So when you take dairy out but you replace with soy, you're replacing with a, a soy product that's been calcium fortified. You're actually replacing with something that's got a pretty a pretty good looking nutrition profile to come back back in. So if you can't breastfeed your infant um, and looking for an alternative to a milk-based formula, then soy-based formulas are are um, an appropriate option to make. Soy milk itself shouldn't be used for infants, just while we're on the topic, and until they're after one. It shouldn't be the sort of the sole source of diet, but soy formula is okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you for clarifying that. So overall then, what should parents make of the findings then? To be honest, not that much in isolation. This was a really nice article to get some clicks and to really sort of get some some drama and hysteria around it because the children came up much shorter. But there are some issues with this study that mean that we can't suddenly change what we do. We can't suddenly go, oh, don't be vegan or don't be omnivore. It's a study that really adds to the pool of information that we know already. As I mentioned, it helped us out with an age group that we don't know much about yet, that the 5 to 10-year-olds or that sort of that middle group of of children. So it was helpful in some ways, but it was actually a really small study. The number of children that they had on the vegan diet was only 52. 
And that's not a big number to suddenly, you know, make a big change to the kids in Australia. It was also in a small group of, of white children only in Poland. And we also don't know from the, uh, the results that they, that they came through with this, we actually don't know too much about what it actually means. We don't know if the children are shorter at 10, but there will be a catch-up growth and they're, you know, similar heights by 18. We right. don't know whether the cardiac um, profile that we saw in, this, in these children was actually carried through to meaning actually anything at all into adulthood. So we're sort of inferring a lot. So parents, um, listening to this information, I think it can point out to us that there are risks when you do take food groups out of the diet, and that's really relevant and really important to address. And there are health benefits of more unprocessed and plant-based eating. However, that's, it's not a cause for a big change in, in, in practice at this point in time. Mm. Now, the authors um, also said that vegan children should be given vitamins, which you alluded to early on in the interview, in the chat, mm. um, in particular vitamin B12 and vitamin D supplements to reduce the potential mm. long-term <coughs> health consequences of being raised on a plant-based diet. What are your thoughts of that? It, it's really important, actually. The, the B12, the one of the ones you mentioned, is something that is actually not possible to get on the vegan diet. B12 is a, is a nutrient that you get um, from animal products. So when you take all animal products out of the diet, you actually take out the B12 sources, which means you actually need supplementation to get B12 in the diet. And in this study, we saw that kids who did have B12 supplementation, which was actually about two-thirds of the children, they were actually able to get their B12 levels to be to be high enough. Mm-hmm. Now, an alternative to supplementation is something we call fortification, and that basically means that the B12 is added to a food product instead of being taken as a supplement, and either one actually worked quite well. That's good to know then. Well, if, I guess, parents um, want to sort of um, raise their children um, on a vegan diet, what should they, what should they actually be aware of? key thing with the vegan eating is that the, the what we would refer to as the protein sources, that they're replaced with really high-quality proteins, and that's really critical. That's what we seems to come through in this particular study as well as studies that we know that have been previously done. And what I mean by that is that children on a vegan diet will have plenty of these particular foods in their diet, and they are nuts, seeds, and legumes, which are products like beans, lentils, chickpeas. And that group includes soybeans. And there are a lot of soy products these days. So things like tofu and soy, um, other products made from some from soy. Mm-hmm. So overall, then, how would you say that children sort of can, thr- can and should thrive on a vegan diet? No doubt this requires a lot of planning. Mm, that's a, such a good point. It, it really does. It, it's certainly possible to thrive on a vegan diet. I want to reinforce that, that it is possible. It yep. is possible to reduce nutrition risk on the vegan diet, but it does have to have those products and it's actually quite hard to do that. So your point to say a lot of planning, that is really important. It will also have to require some supplementation. For example, the B12 we spoke to, which is you need to add to the vegan diet somehow, but also probably some other supplementation, things like the vitamin D, the iron, potentially things like omega-3 and zinc. Um, and so on the vegan diet, I actually think it is really helpful to get some professional advice because there is so much risk attached to it alongside the potential benefit from it. And so having some professional advice about making sure there's enough of the good proteins in there as well as the right supplementation for your child is pretty important. 
Now, do you think, Sarah, that the more we have access to information and advice as to how we can eat healthily on a plant-based diet and have our children and infants um, also eat and grow healthily on a plant-based diet, the more people would be likely to give it a go, do you think? Good question. I, I think so. I think people um, respond really well to your information. Human beings, we seem to be very curious and, and keen to sort of explore and find out new information. So the more that these um, approaches are out there and people feel supported in that approach, I, I think it will increase in incidence. And I think um, things like the sustainable planet, the animal welfare, potential health benefits, I think they're on people's radar at the moment. So I think it is something that will increase in, in popularity. Mm. Here's hoping, like, I guess, that there's more research in particular on this topic to help really maximise mm. the health benefits of plant-based diet in children. But in the meantime, of course, and, and in closing, if um, if a parent wanted to move to a plant-based diet, however, are concerned about the risks, what advice would you offer and wh- where would they start then? Mm. Good question. There are resources out there um, and they're in the... Um, I can give them to the links to, to Kidopedia and in, in the article. But um, I think professional advice is is really important. I think the risks um, are significant. The, the, you know, the potential for a child to be a lot shorter, as I said, we don't know what to make of it. But things like that are actually really important because that in itself is associated with health outcomes. So um, minimising the risk and getting the benefit is is finding the balance between those two is really important and really for vegan children requires professional support. And that can be through a paediatric dietitian like myself. It might be through a paediatrician. There's a couple of different sources. And as I said, there, there are resources out there, places like Dietitians Australia or the Better Health Channel. They're two sites that have really got a nice, broad and, and appropriate information. Well, well, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, And, of course, the article that we're speaking about today has um, beautifully broken down a lot of this information, which will, of course, have the link in the show notes um, and some of the other points which will leave uh, the viewers and and the listeners to um, read in their own time. But some of the other points you make in the article, of course, is that nutritional risk is relevant to vegan eating, but it's also relevant for any infant that avoids a whole food group so as you mentioned that earlier on um, you make another point about the nutrition risk in the study were relevant to vegan diets and relevant but no uh, but less so to vegetarian diets which I found quite interesting is that because of the dairy generally do you find yeah, it is. The big, the big difference is the dairy products and also eggs. That's another protein source that's in the vegetarian the diet that provides a whole lot of quality proteins. Um, and, and in this particular study, the dairy actually meant that the vegetarians actually had the highest calcium intake. So that sort of including that made a big difference to the calcium intake of those children and that that led to the, the strengthening of the bones because calcium is related to bone strength. And another point you make in the article, the behaviour associated with improved health profiles in the study appeared to be for children who ate less processed foods, irrespective of the type of diet. So can you maybe just touch on that just really briefly? Mm, that's the question is if you go towards plant-based eating where does actually the benefit come from and and this study indicated that it wasn't the fact that meat was taken out that gave the benefit 
It was the fact that there was less processed food in the diet and that seemed to be more linked to the benefit. So if you're looking to use this kind of information to get more um, health benefit for your child, then the, the outcome is actually to increase the use of unprocessed foods as opposed to taking meat out. Mm. And as you just stated before, the study does give us some great information, but it doesn't tell us everything. So, of course, as you stated earlier, if parents really are curious and or wanting to reduce the amount of meat in their diet, um, but wanting to supplement that with, um, with, with other proteins, it, it does require a little bit of planning, a bit of research. So it's yeah. about understanding what it means. Uh, for your for your own child, and we'll have those other mm. links in the, in the show notes, of course. But um, I guess if you were to summarise the key messages today for anyone watching and listening, what would they be? Parents should feel supported in whichever approach they use to feed their their child, that whether it's vegan, vegetarian, or an omnivore mixed diet that includes meats, they're all really appropriate options for children and can all be done without risk. However, knowing the risks and being able to address them is is the key is the key part. So to, um, particularly a diet that might take out food groups, knowing the nutrition risk with that and how to replace it is really important. Thank you for sharing that. And of course, if parents have got any questions uh, for you personally and or would like to get in touch with you, whereabouts can they find you? I've got a website, www.baysidedietetics.com.au. I'm also on Facebook under Bayside Dietetics. Sarah, as always, an absolute pleasure uh, chatting with you today. Great to catch up. And thank you for sharing your expertise on this particular topic. It's, it's been really fascinating and, and very, very interesting. So thank you so much. Take care and stay thank safe. Thank you. Thanks, Rachel. Really enjoyed it. Bye. Bye. I'm Rachel Monteleone, and you've been listening to Kittypedia, the podcast. You can have full access to Kittypedia by visiting our website at kittypedia.com.au or following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We're all here to help make the world a better place for our children and for generations to come. You can start today by helping us reach other parents by going to Apple Podcast, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Thank you for listening and be sure to give my love to the kids.